Praise the name of the Lord, everyone. I welcome each and every one of you one more time to our Bible class here at Faith Deliverance International Ministries. Giving God thanks for the privilege just to be back online one more time. And as we have been discussing for the past two weeks, the, the theme or topic, the call to separation, we continue tonight just to look on the life of Abraham. We see in Genesis 12, which we read last week, the call of the Lord to the man Abram. Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show you. He hasn't seen it as yet. It's the word of the Lord that's speaking to him. God Given a, a man. Yes, we must understand that Abraham was not a, a being from the heavens coming down. He was a mere mortal man. And the thing that will change Abraham's life or what will change his life is the word of God. In studying the life of Abraham, the call to separate, we recognize that the word of God changes individuals. But the word itself can do nothing unless that individual hearkens to it, obeys it, believes it, and move, act upon it. Abraham is told to leave your country, go for yourself, separate from your kindred, your family, and from thy father's house, out of your country, unto a land that I will show you. How can you move when you haven't seen it? However, the Lord appeared to him. These are the words that Abraham had received from the Lord. It's to a land that I will show you. It is one thing to tell someone, I'm going to give you a property in Woodbridge. 
But I need you to leave out of wherever you are living. And I'm going to give you a property on the eastern side of Woodbridge. That's specific. It's easier to believe something like that. But Abraham is called to move by faith without knowing exactly where he will end up. Unto a land that I will show thee. What we recognize here, brothers and sisters, is that Abram is called to give his all. This journey will cost him everything. And it is a principle that we should all understand is that the call to the kingdom of God, God demands or all, everything. Matthew 6 and verse 25. After having told them, Jesus, that no man can serve two masters, verse 24, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to one and despise the other. He cannot serve God and mammon and money. It is impossible to give God everything while our mind is occupied with other things. Other focus or interest in life that's contrary to the call of God on our lives. This master demands everything. He said, therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life. Don't plan it out. Don't you worry about your life. What you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what he shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. 
Are he not much better than they? I believe what the Lord is showing us here in this particular scripture is that the, it, there is an easier life for the believer than us taking life in our own hands. He contrasts life of an individual who is concerned about what they're going to eat, drink, and wear. And he handpicks one of the creatures in creation, the fowls of the air, the birds. We admire their beauty. And the Lord says, they don't sow, you don't find them tilling the soil, you don't find them sowing seeds in the soil and waiting for harvest to reap the efforts of their labor or the fruit of their labor. And you don't find them storing up for retirement or for the latter days of their lives. They don't gather in barns. Yet, your heavenly father is so in touch with them that he cares for them. He makes sure that there's food for them. The birds of the ear are you not much better than they? Jesus went on to say, okay, for the man that thinks that he needs to plan out his life, he asks the question, which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit onto his stature? And why take he thought for raiment? Goes again and he selects a part of his creation, the lilies. He say, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't toil, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. God knows. Unless I'm not aware. But there's not one of us who was as wealthy as Solomon. And the simple lily of the field when compared to Solomon in his majestic robe the Lord says not even Solomon 
was arrayed like one of these lilies. So wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you? O he of little faith. If God takes care of the grass, why is it that you we, we don't believe that he, he will not take care of us? Therefore, take no thought, saying, what we shall eat, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed, For all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly father knoweth that he have need of all these things. God knows the needs of men. He knows the needs of everyone he calls to the kingdom. He said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. If you apply the principle, God first, God number one priority. Everything else, all the other needs will fall in place. God will take care of it. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. One of the challenges that we have, brothers and sisters... Is the fear or how should I say it? The inability to believe God for everything in life, not only this this life. Even the life to come. Abraham is asked. Take your eyes. Off your father's possession. The security of family. The culture. The norms. At the age of 75. This was, at that that time, he was a middle-aged man. And he's asked to pack up everything and leave. Separate yourself. One of the challenges that we face today 
is the challenge of wealth. Money. And it's a challenge because the Bible speaks of the deceitfulness of riches. The deceitfulness of riches. Now, Abraham is told, move on. The security of having his cattle, his herd, his hired servants, place of comfort, to follow after God. Uncertain if his riches will be depleted and he will end up poverty stricken. Uncertain about what the future holds. And most of us Even in our Christian, let's take it home, in our Christian walk. Most of us are challenged because we are afraid to give God all. Fearing that we, in the end, will not, should I say this now? will not will end up in a worse state than we were before most of us we worry about wealth we worry about provisions we worry about money and i know nobody has to say amen now but it's the truth Because in this life, we are told directly, indirectly, by the culture, by the system of this world, that money is the goal. You need it to have a comfortable life. You need it To survive. You needed to answer. Almost all your. Needs and desires. In this life. Money. And comfort. Luxury. But I want us to look. On Abraham's life. When God spoke to Abraham, it was an attack upon his comfort. When he called him out of or of the Charlies, he appeared to him again and called him from Haran. He's taking him out 
of what we call a comfort zone. A comfort zone. See, brothers and sisters, the Lord said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things, everything else that we worry about, shall, shall be added unto you. The needs of life that control our thoughts, our mind. Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. He departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. Abraham, Abraham took Sarah, his wife, Genesis 12, verse 5, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. Now, we see, brothers and sisters, that God, God did not just appear to Abraham and ask him to leave. God made a promise to him. He says to him. Verse 2 of Genesis 12. And I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee. And make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee. And curse him that curseth thee. And in all. And in thee shall all families of the earth. Be blessed. These promises that the Lord gave him. If Abraham believed God. Did what God had commanded him to do, then he will receive these promises. And the Bible said, So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. Brothers and sisters, one of the challenges that we have also is that the word of the Lord the call comes to us but we want to interpret or process the call to reason out what the Lord is saying according to how we have been trained in this world 
But the call of God is eternal. The call of God is eternity. Invading time. Divinity. Impact. Making an impact on man. And so, brothers and sisters, the wisdom of this world cannot process the call of God. Help me, Lord. You see, a lot of us stumble. And we stumble because we stop to process it, to think about it, using the wisdom of this world. And if we use the wisdom of this world, it makes no sense. Bible said, Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. Left. Did exactly what the Lord had said. Took Sarah his wife. Lottie's brother's son and all their substance that they had gathered and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan. I just feel the presence of the Lord stopping at this point asking a, a, a question what's hindering us from progressing what's hindering us what is it that stops us from moving as the Lord had spoken unto us. What's preventing us? Abraham was promised this land. But there is something beautiful. Let's go to. Hebrews 11. Verse 8 says, By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed and he went out, not knowing whither he went. Did not know where he was going. How, do, how are you moving Abraham? How can you take up your wife? Your nephew. And souls that you have gathered in Haran. Leaving father. 
and family. Talking about you going to a land that God will show you. He said, by faith, he sojourned in the land of promise. As in a strange country. Dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob. The hears with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city. Which had foundations. Whose builder and maker is God. These all died in faith. Not having received the promise, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country that is unheavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he had prepared for them a city. Bible tells us that Abraham was looking for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God, even a heavenly city. He's moving up and down in the land that God promised him. And his mind, his mind is on things eternal. Things eternal. That's where Abraham's mind is. Let's move on. Bible said that Abraham left all. He's, he's moving through the land of Canaan. The promise is given to him. But he sees beyond even the material world which traps us. Abraham sees beyond the material world. Same promise, brothers and sisters, is made to us, given to the believer. And he told his disciples, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. 
And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there he may be also. John 14, 2 to 3. That's the promise. But some of the hindrances, some of the things that causes us not to let go so easily are trying to serve God and hold on to materialism, wealth, money. Impossible. There are two kinds of riches. And I believe Abraham recognizes very quickly. How wonderful things that are eternal are. Book of Matthew 6 verse 19 to 20 tells us, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Two kinds of riches, the earthly riches, the things that men desire. Things, the cars, houses, land, real estate, whatever you call it, luxury, pleasure, these riches, these wealth, which ultimately becomes our master. That's why the Lord says we can't have two masters. Because the more that you acquire and the more that you store, the more you build up, the more you are enslaved to that which you acquire and store up. Abraham packed up and left because of an eternal vision. You see, the concept, brothers and sisters, of this heavenly city, eternity, has got to be very clear in our mind. It is the end goal of the believer. Eternity. Everything else here. You must be absolutely convinced that it's passing away world and the lust thereof that's in it. Everything else is passing. Jesus said don't lay up for yourselves earthly riches. Material possessions. How do we apply that principle to our lives? Because certainly that has something to do with our separation 
or our sanctification. Jesus said, don't lay up. Not to focus our lives on earthly things. Not to set our eyes and mind and energy and effort on these passing, these treasures that are fading away. Here's what we call wealth, riches here on earth. They do exist. And sometimes, not sometimes, certainly, if it becomes our focus in life, then we become compromised. We cannot give God our all. It is when Jesus says it is impossible to serve money and serve God. If anything else is true, that certainly is true. This is not man trying to interpret something, but these are the words of God. See, brothers and sisters, it is easy, easier to to covet earthly things, the things that we can see, the things that can be handled, the things that most people are seeking after. We call it the, the rat race, keeping up with the Joneses. It's easy just to fall in line with the norms, but it takes a great deal of effort to step outside of the norms and to have a focused life. It was not easy for Abraham to act upon the word of God. It took everything that he had mentally. Everything. It's not easy. Dealing with negative people People who may have mocked him. People who had negative things to say. But he moved. Why is it dangerous, brothers and sisters? Paul says, those who live according to the flesh, Romans 8, 5 to 7, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. This is what Abraham found. This is what he received. Life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. Have you ever seen folks that are against what the Lord is doing in, a, in an individual's life? What the Lord is doing with a spiritual body that's given to the mind of God. Some folks are just hostile to it. It's simply brothers and sisters because their mind 
is given to the things of this earth. Flesh. That's why Paul says, for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. The next thing about the earthly riches is that they are present always before us. And we can get them right now. Whatever we need, even sometimes in this in this these times that we're living in, even if we don't have the money, we can get it right now. Just swipe the card and get a loan of some sort and just get it right now. But earthly riches, and this is the absolute truth. They are corruptible. They are in this realm. And everything that's in this realm is passing away. We have what we call now the Bitcoin. One Bitcoin some months ago, $18,000. And in two days, sometimes just a few minutes, few hours, it dips down to 7,000, 50% loss. 60, 70% loss. In a few days, it goes back up. Can't trust in it. Everything in this realm will decay. Has the element of corruption in it. So when Abram packed up to leave, he was not worried about that. Because, brothers and sisters, the life of Abram will tell us that there is a there is security. In honoring the word of God. Even in this realm. Our needs can be met. Or will be met. And and does not necessarily mean that it will be met at all times. According to the. uh, What we see as the, the norm in this world. But our needs will be met. I share this testimony. It's not mine. It's from my deceased uncle. He mentioned to me at one point. That there was a time. Having packed up his job. Gone to the country. In Santa Cruz. Take on this full time ministry. Left a very good job as a chemical engineer all the way down into Santa Cruz, no money. He said at one point in time, things were so bad 
that there was no money in the church. And they had some debt, some bills to be paid. And things were really bad. But there is a call to go to Santa Cruz in which he honored. So one morning he woke up, was in the churchyard doing some stuff. A car pulled in to the churchyard. The man parked the car, came out of the car, stood at the side of the fender, he said, put his one of his foot up on the tire and dressed so nicely and looked around and said, who runs this place? Who's in charge over here? Spoke with some sense of authority. My uncle said, he, he said, I'm in, I, I'm in charge. I'm the pastor here. Said the man looked at him and said, look at you. You look so broke. And he looked around on the place. And he took his foot off the tire, walked to the back of the car, opened the trunk, and pulled out three bags and threw them, them down at my uncle's feet. And said to him, fix up yourself and fix up this place. Opened his door, went in the car, slammed that door and drove off. Never found out what the man's name is, where he's from or anything. So when he drove off, he opened the bag, one of the bag. When he opened the bag, it was filled with money. The second bag was filled with money. And the third bag was filled with money. He said when he was done, he paid off every bill in the church. And from a little business that he was running to try to support the church, paid off every bill, fixed up some parts of the church and had change left. God will honor his call. The man who moves by faith does not have to worry. He does not have to travel with insecurity. But the man who banks on the riches of this world, he lives with an element of insecurity. Because the riches of this world can be stolen. They can waste away. A bad day on the stock market can wipe out our portfolios. We brought nothing into this world. And it's certain that we cannot take anything out of it. First Timothy 6 and verse 10 says, The love of money is the root of all evil. The love of it which while some coveted after they have erred from the faith, money will take us out and pierce themselves through with many 
sorrows. My closing. But there's another rich that the Lord speaks about. And this is what Abraham was after. The heavenly riches. These are things in heaven that believers desire. The call. They are given to that. He said, lay up for yourselves heavenly riches. He warns us that a man's life is not consistent, not in the abundance of things which he possesses. That's covetousness. That's, that has to do with the, the riches of this life. But the, the, the heavenly riches, brothers and sisters, the beauty about it, they're incorruptible. They're incorruptible. They're not passing away. They're eternal. When we die, we don't lose them. You're a millionaire and you die today, you lose everything. The heavenly riches are quite different. They are secure. Thieves cannot break through heaven. Cannot penetrate the spiritual dimension. Cannot take away a person's heavenly riches. They are secure. That's why brothers and sisters. A man. Must be prepared. To leave everything. To follow Jesus. Every hindrance. Man must be prepared. Luke 14 verse 33. Likewise whosoever be. He be of you that forsaketh. Not all that he hath. Cannot be. My disciple. Jesus said, Matthew 19 and verse 21. Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast to the rich man, young ruler, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. Getting rid of treasure here to have treasure in heaven. Getting rid of covetousness in exchange for kindness. And that will increase our treasures in heaven. See, brothers and sisters, Abraham understood what it meant to seek after things that are eternal. 
That's why he moved by faith. He recognized what the promises of God were. And he packed up everything to follow after him. I wonder what it would be if we start to think like this. Where we act in obedience. We don't it's great for everyone to do that. Perhaps some are not inclined. But I believe there would be such a great move of God. If we begin to be sold out in our mind. Sold out. If the energy that some of us will give. Like we give to acquiring things of this world. The focus that we have. If we'll give that focus and more to the Lord. Full attention. I wonder what it will be. I wonder what will become of even this land if there are few that will devote their mind, mind given for a revival, mind given to separate ourselves so that divinity can invade even this land that we live in. For a revival. For a move of God. Like we have never seen. Don't you see brothers and sisters. And as we look at Abraham's life. Don't you see. And the faith that he exercised. Don't you see. That God. Walks with the man. Who honors his word. There's no nothing. That can stop. A man. That's walking with the Lord. See some of the small trivial things that we worry about. These nonsense sometimes that we worry about. Talk about witchcraft. All these demonic strongholds and this and that. Brother, sister, what we need to do is to give our minds totally to the Lord and walk with him. There's nothing that can hinder us. Abraham, when you check the life of Abraham, he went up against the kings. With just the men of his household. And conquered them. How could he do that? Because the Lord was with him. There's no, nothing that can hinder a believer who is giving his mind to the Lord. No powers of darkness can stop him. It's 839. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The hindrances, brothers and sisters. The hindrances. I know it's a a text that We often repeat, no man can serve two masters. But it's a reality. Jesus recognized the threat 
of money, wealth, and an individual who is called to serve this one God of Abraham. A person has to decide in their mind that I will not go after such and such. It's not just going to happen. We have to make that decision in our mind. This is the principle that I'm going to live by in this life. This is the principle. Every one of us will have to make that decision. I will live out of the hands of the Lord. Whatever he blesses me with, I'll be satisfied. I won't seek to covet. I won't allow any room for the spirit of greed to invade my life. Praise the name of the Lord. We've come to the end tonight. If there are any questions, we'll take just a, a few. Time is far spent, 841. But if there are any questions, one or two questions for tonight, I believe next week we're just going to allow some time next week for questions. A little bit of review and questions next week. But if there's one question, two questions that I uh, will be able to answer tonight, let's have those questions before we move off into prayer. I have a question that I think would take more thought. On I'm so sorry. I, I, my, my thing just chipped out. Can you please repeat? Sorry, question, but I think you will take a little bit more investigation faster. Uh, on two, it's twofold. One is, is it therefore wrong, or worldly or earthly, ungodly, however you want to face it, to have investments or to have um, retirement policies, etc., insurance policies? And the second thing is. Is it that the Bible is promoting what the world calls um, minimalism now in modern times? If it's wrong to... Have like a, a TFSA or RSP, these things, like I'm just trying to get very practical, like based on what you're saying. No, no nothing is wrong per se with that, but what's the motive Jesus gives us a, an example of one that he classifies as a fool. Uh, this man um, planted his vineyard or his, uh, built bigger barns, storing up treasures, and say so he's going to set at ease now and enjoy life. And in that very same night, the Lord said to him, Thou fool, 
tonight, thy soul is required. What we should understand, one of the principles of money, is that we are stewards of money and not to be mastered by money. God gives us wealth, whatever measure he gives us in. For us not to store it up for ourselves. You see, if we can get our mind beyond the realm of self-centeredness, the selfish attitude, you know, which the gospel is against, which the Lord Jesus is against, what, 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 why, why am I increasing my wealth, storing it up, have no need for it, when there are folks around me that has a need and I'm not meeting those needs. The Lord, what's the expectation of the Lord? If there are poor people, poor people, lives that I can touch to satisfy needs that they have. And instead of doing it, I'm storing up treasures in my barn for myself. Have I asked the Lord what to do? You see, there's a very thin line. It's because, and it borders on idolatry. Is that when wealth, wealth, Wealth will handcuff us. Money has the ability to become masters over our lives. I will very quickly, very quickly. Abraham's children ended up in Egypt as slaves 400 years. After Joseph had died, there came a Pharaoh that knew not Joseph. All Israel, all the favor that they had, they lost it. They became slaves. For those years that they were in Goshen, they were successful. They were increasing in wealth. But wealth and the increase in wealth, something happened. The question is always, how could they become trapped by wealth and forget about the promise? Egypt is not the destination of God's people. Canaan belongs to Abraham and his seed. But they were trapped by wealth. God brought them through slavery. To freedom. But if we look carefully on the story. We recognize. That wealth. Was one of the reasons. Or the main thing that trapped the Israelites in Egypt. So. When we understand that we are stewards of wealth our money, and not to be mastered by money, then our 
outlook on life is very different. Very, very different. If we, if we believe that it's by our own strength, our ability to work long hours, to think, to make money, if we believe that's what allowing us to make money, then we have become idolaters. And then uh, it's a natural sequence. Such a person will always store up. Will always big, build bigger barns. And, don't, uh, and such a person will not look out for others. Because the heart has become hardened. There's one more question. Very good question, Sister Karamula. Was Abraham called because of his obedience? Or was he called because of his desire to seek after God? No. Sister Karamula, what scripture does not tell us? Why? Abraham was called. In man dwelleth no good thing. Nothing really qualifies us. He's coming from a house of idolatry. And God calls him. Just like us as believers. We never did anything for God to choose us. It's simply by his grace. There's nothing that we did to qualify us to be called of God. Simply by the grace of God. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All was born in sin. All was shaped in iniquity. Likewise, Abraham. Is he coming from a godly line? Or no. a godly lineage? Yes. No. But we cannot say that's the reason why the Lord called him. God chooses men. He's God. He's sovereign. He chooses men. Obedience was needed by Abraham to act upon what the Lord gave him. And yes, he was obedient to the call. Yes, he acted by faith. But was it because of his obedience and his faith why the Lord called him? I don't believe for that. But I believe that the Lord called Abraham. And Abraham, like everybody else, born in sin. I hope I answered your question, Sister Karamula. Yes, yes, Pastor, you answered it. But you know how um, Paul, Saul, on the road to Damascus, when he was crucifying the the Christians, right? Mm -hmm. And um, the Lord 
intervened. God intervened there. Mm -hmm. um, Peter was about his business fishing and the Lord called him to be fishers mm -hmm. of men. So you're saying it's the same with Abraham. There was nothing special about him. No, I do. everything with the everything to do with a call, the call of God on an individual's life. We must understand that God is sovereign. It's not. It's not because there's a bit of goodness in me why the Lord calls me. There's no. There's none in the earth that do it good. All have sinned, every one of us. There's nothing that man can bring to the table to qualify him to be called by God. We can do that in this world. We present a resume and someone will look on the resume and say, oh, this person has these qualities. We'll hire them for the position. But the Lord will take the base things of the earth Things that persons that pers persons that we, if we look on them, we will say, oh no, that one will make the cut. But the Lord said, that's the one I want. And chooses that one. And, and when we look, we can't see one reason why the Lord will choose such a person. But it's the Lord's choice. But what we should take is the Karamola is that when the Lord chooses you and gives you his word if you connect your mind, your spirit, your all to the word the word of God will carry you it will carry you like it carried Abraham or of the Chaldees Haran into the promised land not only him, his children his children, children, and even those who have now believed in Christ, in the seed of Abraham. It's the word of God. Praise the name of the Lord. I hope that answered your question. Sister Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Praise the name of the Lord. God bless you. We're going to unmute our microphones now. So we're going to be praying. <clears throat> Hallelujah. 